0: Broadcast is not approved by your teacher, university, politician, or government. Side effects may include skepticism, better reasoning skills, liberty, peace, and an escape from the woke. Welcome to the show. I am your host, LB Moniz, and this is the Been Awake Project for Better Sense Making. You're within the sound of my voice. I sincerely appreciate that. It this episode. Oh well. Cut off this cut off the this stuff. This episode marks year three. This episode marks year three for this podcast. Um God, I should have. I'm usually so anal about my hair that I wear a hat a lot of times on these streams. But anyway, this episode marks year three of the show. And I was talking recently with somebody about how it's funny, the time that goes between when I started the show in, you know, late 2020 um, to now. And you know lots changed and so the format of the show the show is going to change as well um i am going to be doing more monthly to probably twice a month longer live streams like this one that are going to be a very loose format where basically i go through the bookmarks on twitter and interesting articles that i save in evernote and different places like that and we're just going to comment on the news of the day the way that the show kind of always has been just with less of a um Less of a theme and less of a time constraint as well. So we might spend a lot, lot, lot longer on some stories, uh, just to just to have some fun with it. And a lot of times we're going to be doing, we're going to be learning about things together. So that's that's kind of and you'll see. And then what's going to happen is this is going to go behind a paywall immediately. So only the been awake elite are going to have access to the full to, let's say, three-hour live stream, and then all the various segments are going to get cut, chopped up into whatever they are, 10 to 30-minute episode, maybe even 40-minute chunks, depending on the, the topic. And those are going to get chopped up into the podcast feed for everybody, so that way you guys have weekly content. Um So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm looking forward. Um, I mean, th- the, what's funny about doing something like this more is, uh like, I didn't let myself... I didn't call myself a hobby podcaster but I came up with the term a long a lot, lot longer before I kind of started identifying with it and it, and for good reason you know it's good to have other interests and while of course if you help support the show it can grow and this could potentially be a, a, a an actual revenue source for now you know got the job that um pays the bills and lets me have fun with a studio like this so I want to start we're going to, we're going to, we're just going to start <laughs> the story and I have no idea how I'm going to do these segments, but, um, I want to start here. There's good. There's no rhyme or reason to the stories that we're covering. If you're in the chat, you want to drop a story. We'll cover it as well. Um, I'm starting with this one cause it, 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 relates to something that happened to me personally living here in the Chicagoland area as I do that, um, that I wanted to share with you guys now. The art, this op-ed is from the Chicago Tribune, which is one of the major newspapers here in Chicago, if you're not familiar. And it's it, the the title reads. Uh, Jose Munoz, a weekend meant to be a celebration of Mexican culture in Chicago was used to hurt us. This was an op-ed posted <clears throat> today, the day that I'm recording this. And uh, well, I have some thoughts because. I actually got caught personally in some of this craziness. So I think it's, um, it's worth commenting on. And of course there's some larger things we can play. Uh, apparently the jackpot's doing very well. So he starts off by saying how he loves Chicago, how he was born and raised here on the South side where he, where I learned to appreciate the richness and diversity of my Mexican American cu- uh, culture I have devoted my life to serving and improving the communities in the city as the co-chair of the Illinois Latino Agenda, the CEO of La Casa Norte, and a civic leader. I have seen the challenges and opportunity that the city offers to its residents, especially to those who are often marginalized and discriminated against. Articles article starting off very sad. But I've also felt the pain, he says, and anger of being treated like an outsider in my own city. I have experienced the invisible border that separates us from them, downtown from the neighborhoods, the privileged from the oppressed. And I witnessed how that border became a literal checkpoint on September 15th when the city decided to block the exit ramps on the expressway and set up a police screening for anyone who wanted to enter the downtown area. That night, I was on my way, continuing, continuing to read his article, That night, I was on my way to pick up my daughter from work near the Loop. I was stuck in traffic for almost an hour on the Kennedy, trying to exit onto Roosevelt Road, thinking it was because of the celebrations for Mexican Independence Day. I tried to enjoy the festive atmosphere, listening to music and waving at other drivers, but when I finally reached the exit ramp, I realized the traffic jam was not a celebration, but a humiliation. It was clear... that police officers were racially profiling drivers the one who stopped me asked for my license told me to roll down all my windows and questioned me about why i was going downtown i pleaded with him to let me go as i was already late to pick up my daughter he checked with his partner and ultimately allowed me to pass but not before making me feel like i did not belong there treating me like an outsider and reminding me with their actions that this part of town was not for people like me I was outraged and hurt by this experience, and I was caught off guard. It's been more than 20 years since I was last pulled over for driving while Mexican. At that moment, I wondered, how could this happen in 2023, when we have made so much progress in fighting for our rights and dignity? How could this happen in Chicago, a city that prides itself on its diversity and inclusivity? I was not alone in feeling this way. Over the next few days, I heard many stories from other people who faced similar or worse treatment at city checkpoints or elsewhere in the city. One story that struck me was about members of a young Mexican band who decided to play music on a street corner, attracting a crowd of people who enjoyed their performance. The police arrived and pushed through the crowd with riot gear and dispersed them. A peaceful celebration turned violent. Some were injured, and the band's instruments were broken in the process. Coincidentally, this happened the same weekend. Another young band decided to have an impromptu concert on a street corner for the thousands of people exiting a punk rock festival in Douglas Park. Similar circumstances, except there was no riot gear. Same weekend. Yeah, okay. There was no damage to the band's property. The only difference was the former was a Mexican band with a largely Mexican crowd celebrating their culture. So we're going to stop here. Because you're probably wondering why I'm reading this story. And it ha- and like I said, it has everything to do with I was actually caught in the midst of these uh, celebrations for Mexican Independence Day. Now, I don't have a particular qualm if people want to celebrate other holidays uh, uh, than, than the ones designated by the federal government. That's not the point of this segment. The point of this segment is to kind of just a and analyze this as um, as an interesting article, just from a standpoint of 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 how people can frame a narrative, because this is the Chicago Tribune. They're they're releasing this as an op-ed. This is one of the stories that they want to release from uh, that they want to release about what just recently happened here in Chicago, and this is what's actually happened over the last couple of years. Now, perhaps something like this existed. Beyond three or four years ago, but I don't recall. And I don't remember ever having to deal with it, certainly. Now, these days, I'm, well, no, actually, I can go, I can say going back at least five years, this wasn't as big as it is now. I think this started during COVID, where in the midst of the lockdowns, as kind of a way to celebrate and to get out of the house, a, the large Mexican American population that exists here, both immigrant and native born, decided to start caravanning. And doing these car parades that we saw going on during the lockdowns as well. And so you would see them go downtown and literally just drive up and down the streets, waving Mexican flags, you know, yelling out the windows. There are certainly plenty of people who climb on the roofs or like stand outside of the sunroofs. And, you know, it's it's a little bit more than the day-to-day driving in a major city like Chicago. But here's one thing that I think differs from a lot of the other kinds of celebrations that occur in the city, celebrating, as you will, if you will, the various ethnic uh, populations, which is this doesn't have any sort of organization to it. And over the last couple of years in particular, it's gotten so bad that the, that the police have now started to shut down streets in response to this. For what exactly? Well, you know, supposedly celebrating Mexican Independence Day. But I want to go back to what this is. Uh, I want to, you know, he's talking about the invisible border, blah, 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 blah. I want to talk about, I want to read this paragraph that he has here, and then we'll finish reading the rest of the article. Um, he says it was clear that they were racially profiling the drivers. The one who stopped me asked for my license, told me to roll down my window and question me about why I was going downtown. Why? Because people at this point, if he's going downtown in the, in the, in the mid-evening, have been backing up traffic four miles. I'm... I am not exaggerating. When I I'll, I'm going to I'm going to pull back on what the number I've been saying because I haven't looked it up. It took it took me about 2 hours to go 1 mile in the midst of this traffic. I was on one of the major highways trying to get up Lakeshore Drive and it took 2 hours to go 1 mile because the police wholesale had to cut off decided to cut off the northbound traffic to divert people south away from the city. I saw like it, it is it is unlike anything I've experienced and I've driven in Mexico before not not crazy you know like and I, I've been driven in Mexico. I've gone driving in Mexico with somebody else. so it's not like it's not like I don't have an, a literal apples to apples comparison this the driving conditions amidst this quote unquote celebration is un, is the only thing I can liken it to are videos I've seen. When an army takes a village, when an army takes a town, it's insane. Now, listen, I understand that most of the people there are just out having a good time and they just think it's something fun, but I'm just saying it's a, comp- it's a massive disruption to traffic and to the average person trying to get around Chicago, at least by car, but I'm sure everything else is backed up as well. It's like it, the only other thing that that would be in a disaster condition, like the last of us, the beginning scene of the last of us. I was thinking about that well, the way people are literally just driving over grass to try and get out of the traffic. Like I, I saw that happen multiple times. I even thought about it myself. It was so darn bad. And I'm not even going to get into when somebody started banging on my car. Because I was being a little bit of a I was being a little bit of a smart ass as I'm wont to be, because I drive a lot, so things upset me, and nothing upsets me more than people driving on the shoulder. and people were driving on the shoulder, so I kind of did the thing where you park your car half out. All right, well, guess what happened after that? Some guys decided that they didn't like that very much, and they boxed in my car and started banging on it until I agreed to let them pass. They started getting out of their car. This was not a safe or orderly celebration of Mexican pride and independence. And that's why the police were forced to shut down the roads and create checkpoints. Hell, I wish they had more of them. And I want them to have more of them next year in Chicago. Because this isn't like, it, it, again, if you want to have a celebration, they should, they should have a celebration. Like, not for nothing, I was trying to get to, I was trying to, get to a concert. So it was it was something crazy and, we, and and I was super late for that. Let's finish reading the piece though. Now I start now okay, the thing with the band, if the band's trying to play in this milieu like, yeah, it was pretty crazy. People were just setting off fireworks in random parts of downtown. Again, I enjoy a good time as much as the next guy, but this is pretty but this was this was above and beyond anything that would that should be considered acceptable in a major city like America. Because you know what was happening out in the suburbs, which is which is where I actually live, like in the first suburbs to the downtown area, were people having lovely parties in their backyards, playing music, laughing and dancing a proper way to celebrate a holiday, if you ask me. Now, according to the finishing his article here and according Chicago houses one of the largest populations of people in Mexico, Mexican descent in the country. We're a strong and resilient community full of talent and potential and we're driving a city's population growth, our culture and economic contributions deserve to be celebrated and we deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Yes, you're not outsiders. And he says, we're not outsiders. We're not second-class citizens. We're Chicagoans. And we belong here in every part of the city, every space and opportunity and every conversation and decision. And certainly that is felt when you're when the streets are literally covered in Mexican flags. So it's kind of like This is this is this is the other reason why I wanted to talk about an article like this because the irony of course the irony of course of how of the reality of of what it is to live in a place like this because you know most people don't follow Chicago news heck I don't really follow Chicago news even as somebody who's grown up here right it's not often that chicago is part of the national conversation and so what most people know about a place like chicago is the gun violence for one from the gangs and so on and so forth and then the other thing that people talk about a lot from chicago is whatever happens to get popular sports teams to the extent that they do any good so for a lot of people who might have seen something online or were just casually reading the news they would gets so upset about what a racist sh- city like chicago is this is by the way in the midst of other um of other major of, of other major sanctuary states and sanctuary cities saying there's not enough room for migrants and, and in fact there's some stuff going on here in chicago with that as well but in a city that's supposed to be so progressive why are they why are they racially profiling people well because there's a near riot situation going on downtown there's a there's a crazy video, by the way, of this of uh, we will, you know, what let me find it here while I'm talking. There's a crazy video of this. But there's there's a near riot situation going on downtown when when this is happening. And that's why. I see now maybe they, you know, to the extent that they racially profiled him again, in this instance, it's a very clear delineation. But I'm sure they were. I'm, I'm, my, I'm more than likely going to consider the fact that they were almost definitely checking everybody. Now, I'm going to show you guys a video that I I didn't I didn't take any video when I was doing stuff, um, but I thought it would be worthwhile to, you know, let's let's watch it really quick here together. Hopefully the sound comes through. It's supposed to. So this is this is an example of something that happened in Chicago during all of this. So you see that there's a guy in the middle here and now he's waving the Machete. Now, I don't know how sharp it is, but he's still it still is a blunt object. It's pretty dangerous. You got a fight going on now with about six guys, and the police are trying to respond. Now again, most of this scene is not like what I experienced driving around. This, is, in fact, seems to be along some kind of a parade route that's happening. But, you know, it's an interesting example of the kind of uh of the kind of stuff that that happens in an exam in in, uh, in a situation like this it's just a crazy video frankly i'd encourage you guys to watch it in full. you can if you listen and you watch it some more you can tell the guys talk a little bit more about like hey what are you doing Is like i got guys on me and so that's why i had to attack them with the machete who knows what happened in a situation like this the point being it wasn't all gun it wasn't all sunshines and day and it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a peaceful environment. Like, I'm not saying people were being violent, but there was a lot of stress in the air, especially if you weren't there for the party. And it's I again, I it's I'm not somebody. Interrupting the roads, I think that's interrupting the roads, I think, is something that I take maybe more personally than the average person, but I don't think I'm alone in how people feel when people, when people block up egress and that, that's what was happening kind of by design with what was going on here in Chicago. So that's so, uh, and so, you know what, but let's stay on that because I love looking at these videos of, and this is kind of what I'm talking about. Why it's such a problem for me is there's always these videos, right? That we see of these protesters, this, I, think, I think this one's from Burning Man that we're watching and they're just blocking the middle of the road. It's, see, it, this has, it has similar kind of vibes. The protesting to me, I don't quite get it. I think, and I frankly, I'm not, I don't think a lot of the people watching this are necessarily going to be on the side of people who choose to spend their days protesting and stopping traffic of everyday people. And isn't it interesting, though, while we talk about it and close off this section, because, you know, this is connected to the op-ed I just read, because this guy is a political activist, right? Like, you know, he, and, you know, maybe he does some good work, but he's a political activist. And so his life is creating division in a city that's very tolerable to people, to immigrants and people from different parts of the world. There's really there, there's really no more to it than that. So somebody like this is political. And so they have to drive up the division. And that's something that that's a that's a narrative that plays. It's something I don't know, it bothers me. And I think protesters have the same vibe because everything they do is political. So the imposition on you is just part of a larger grand strategy that they want to try and implement. today go to inawake.com to subscribe for future updates my name is lb muniz and i am not one with the woke